people along the corners and suspicious clumps of humanity lurking in darkened alleys. As they moved farther into hostile territory, Webb's gaze returned to the street, where he knew every vehicle could be a gun cruiser in disguise. He was looking for any drifting eye, nod of head, or fingers slyly tapping on cell phones in an attempt to do serious harm to old Webb. In Webb's world, one did not embrace one's enemies, except to get the drop on them. The Suburban turned the corner and stopped. Webb glanced at the six other men huddled with him. He knew they were contemplating the same things he was. Get out fast and clean, move to cover positions, maintain fields of fire. Fear did not really enter into the equation. Nerves, however, were another matter. High-octane adrenaline was not his friend. In fact, it could very easily get him killed. Webb took a deep, calming breath. He needed his pulse rate to be between 60 and 70. At 85 beats, your gun would tremble against your torso. At 90 ticks, you couldn't work the trigger, as blood occlusion in veins and constricted nerves in shoulders and arms combined to guarantee that you would fail to perform at an acceptable level. At over 100 pops a minute, you lost your fine motor skills entirely and wouldn't be able to hit an elephant with a damn cannon at three feet. You might as well slap a sign on your forehead that read, Kill Me Quick, because that undoubtedly would be your fate. Webb pushed out the juice, drew in the peace, and for him there was calm to be distilled from brewing chaos. Webb fired 10,000 rounds of ammo a year from over a dozen weapons, and he had had fired at him virtually every type of ordnance known. That kind of combat tainted you in perpetuity, compelling you to view the world from a prism of paranoiac sweep, tempered solely by faith in yourself and your team. The Suburban started moving, turned one more corner, and stopped. For the last time, Webb knew. Radio squelch was broken when Teddy Reiner spoke into his bone microphone, or mic. Reiner said, Charlie to talk, request compromise authority and permission to move to yellow. Through Webb's mic, he heard talks, or tactical operations center's terse response. Copy Charlie 1, standby. In Webb's Crayola world, yellow was the last position of concealment and cover. Green was the crisis site, the moment of truth, the breach. Navigating the hallowed piece of earth that stretched between the relative safety and comfort of yellow and the moment of truth green could be quite eventful. Compromise authority, Webb said the words to himself. It was just a way of asking for the okay to gun down people if necessary and making it sound like you were merely getting permission from your boss to cut a few bucks off the price of a used car. Radio squelch was broken again as Talk said, Talk to all units. You have compromise authority and permission to move to yellow. Thank you so very much, Talk. Webb edged closer to the cargo doors of the Suburban. He was point and Roger McCallum had the rear. Tim Davies was the breacher, and Reiner was the team leader. 
Big Cal Plummer and the other two assaulters, Lou Patterson and Danny Garcia, stood ready with MP5 machine guns and flashbangs and forty-five caliber pistols and their calm demeanors. As soon as the doors opened, they would fan out into a rolling mass, looking for threats from all directions. They would move toes first, then heels, knees bent to absorb recoil in case they had to fire. Webb's face mask shrunk his field of vision to a modest viewing area. His miniature Broadway for the coming real-life mayhem, no expensive ticket or fancy suit required. Hand signals would suffice from now on. When bullets were flying at you, you tended to get a bit of cotton mouth anyway. Webb never talked much at work. He watched as Danny Garcia crossed himself, just like he did every time. And Webb said what he always said when Garcia crossed himself before the Chevy doors popped open. God's too smart to come round here, Danny boy. We're on our own. Webb always said this in a jesting way, but he was not joking. Five seconds later, the cargo doors burst open and the team piled out too far away from ground zero. Normally, they like to drive right up to their final destination and go knock-knock boom with their two-by-four explosive, yet the logistics here were a little tricky. Abandoned cars, tossed refrigerators, and other bulky objects conveniently blocked the road to their target tonight. Webb likened it to modern-day bulwarks, its only purpose to aggravate and hinder the visiting team. Well, Webb was the visitor who came for you, usually in the middle of the night. An encounter with Webb London ranked up there with the boogeyman and a jealous husband carrying a shotgun and too many beers in him. Radio squelch broke again as snipers from X-ray team called in. There were men in the alley up ahead. X